Fun and laughter on our summer holiday. No more worries for me or you, or a week or two. Welcome back. Well, I missed everybody. All this time, partner. Everything you've done, everything you've said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. regular co-host and that would be kelly and johnny kelly we, we you know we gotta blame me for the hiatus <laughs> trying to move move the hell move the casa i'm not one of those guys who likes to point the finger but i'm gonna have to do it man kelly how's it going oh how's yeah no, doing? It, it's totally my fault uh <laughs> trying to sell our home plus uh, a lengthy vacation some other i was out of town multiple times yeah it was an unusually busy summer for me um, I got to see Takeover in Toronto, so that was cool. Nice. That's wrestling related. Uh, yeah, it was a great trip. But yeah, I'm back, so hopefully things are back on schedule now. And the JSA's greatest villain, Johnny Sorrow. Johnny, man, what's going on? <laughs> oh no, not much. It's been a hotter than fuck in Colorado this summer, and uh, Little League uh, finished up while uh, we were away, and by the end of the season, I had me uh, one hell of a te- uh, hell of a hell of a little team there of ball players. Especially since I was the assistant coach, and the head coach with four games left was kind of like, "Yep, um, I can't be there for any of those." Here you go, <laughs> and I took over the running of the team. And then when it was over, the last game. The parents all chipped in and got me a gift card to like Aww. a cool bar and restaurant. And one of the kids goes by Sonny. He goes by Sonny. His real name is Santino. And he goes by Sonny, just like the Godfather. And he came out to me, hugged me, and his family came up to, say, to tell me, you're the, the, the his favorite coach he ever had. And he wants to know how can you be, he be on your team again next year. Aww. I was like, uh, yeah, so – so that, was, so, it the, was it the welcome back Cotter dated references or what? What won the kid over? Uh, no, no, it was me being the I was I'm the coach for the most baby. I'm I'm <laughs> out there. I'm cheering on those kids and I'm giving them advice and having you know making sure that they're having a good time first and foremost and they're being a team. So, so none of these kids heard of your old tired jokes and cliches. Well, I wouldn't. I, I, material. I would. I wouldn't waste them on th- them. I they wouldn't get the references. I waste them on you. <laughs> that's what we're here for, Pete. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. All right, man. Uh, we have a lot going on. We're going to be talking about with uh, the, the nine five eighty three uh, show from Fort Worth. Uh, we have three matches we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at Kevin versus Jimmy Garvin. 
We're going to be looking at Kerry Von Erich versus Michael Hayes in a country whipping match. And we're going to look at the main event of that show. Uh, it's going to be David Von Erich versus Terry Gordy, two out of three falls. And then we're going to close up with some Harley Race talk. But before we get into that, man, the network just dropped off. Uh, you know, they've upgraded it. I've heard people's complaints about it. Yeah. You know, um, I'm trying to get used to it. It's I don't know. I'm not going to hold judgment on how I feel about it until everything's all uploaded to it. If it's just something I'm not liking, uh, or just or some you know how everything's new. So a lot of times when something's new, you don't feel comfortable with it. So I'm going right. to hold off on that. Uh, what about you guys? Do you have any uh, initial thoughts on the network being upgraded? Well, for me, uh, initially, like how do I find anything? The search sucks. You know, trying to find hidden gem stuff but apparently they're fixing that now so like i said how you have to wait and see how much of it is this new platform sucks and how much of it is i'm used to the old one i don't want to change yes but so we'll see once it's all done i know a lot of people were complaining about their 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 reception i guess you'd say or the stream uh during SummerSlam. And uh, I only I had a few little problems during the pre-show with lagging and such, but for the main shows everything was fine. So there's some bugs. There's some, definitely some bugs. You know, the, this, the search the search function is a little. In fact, in fact, there's one thing I really. There's little things like this. The world class show we're gonna be doing uh, next show on the network. I was going looking for it by the number show it is. Yes, and not it's not all gone. Numbers. It's all it's gone. Not it's a world class thing. That's a yeah, that's everywhere. A universal for every one of them. Yeah, yeah. So that was annoying, but it's, it's a, I'll cancel my subscription because of that, you know. But yeah, what I'm old. Kelly? I don't like new. I like the layout big time because it's uh, for me. It's the same now as uh, Netflix, basically, or it looks the same. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so I I, I think it's uh, a big improvement, actually. And they got the hidden gems. But, you know, stuff. with Netflix, I never thought there was much rhyme or reason to how they lay out your thing either. Because, uh, uh, but yet again, Netflix is so, so has so much stuff on there, it's hard to have something so organized. So I don't know. But, yeah, go on, Kelly. Yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's better. That was my first impression. It happened when I was away. Uh, out east, so I didn't get to see it until just a few days ago. And yeah, my fr- I like the um, that they have the all the wrestlers. You can look them up uh, in in different categories, and and they have recommended pay per views and shows that that deal with the wrestlers. I think that's a cool function. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's better now. I think. Um, yeah, and it's it, they'll they'll keep improving it. I'm sure. And then, you know, they just uploaded. They finally got an icon for the hidden gems. And I know people, I know I was like, God darn it, are you kidding me? Uh, but I knew it was going to get there eventually. And, you know, we were all, I don't know how all about all you guys, you two. I know I, I know, I'm pretty, I know Johnny, I'm pretty sure it was too. Uh, we got the network right off Jump Street. Mm-hmm. And that thing had so many fucking bugs in it, Ooh, it was right off the bat. Uh, this is nothing compared to that. So I always. Harken to that, like okay, it took some time to get the bugs chipped, uh, yeah. chipped out, and and that's how I feel it's going to be here. Um, and I think a lot of the negativity right now is based on it being really different, and and, that, and it's just not used to. You had a rhythm because you were doing it for right. a lot of people on the network three, four years at this point, and it was the same way each and every day. Where you're like, okay, it could be some improvement here, here, and here. And I feel they're trying to answer that. 
So uh, hopefully they'll, they'll get it better or 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 uh, and maybe listen to some people and like tweak it here and there. Um, you know, we got, we're glad I got the hidden gem section. They just dropped uh, Boogie Jam 84 from the Carolinas. And that, I thought that was an excellent show. If people haven't watched it um, up and top, just different, just a nice flow of different type of matches. I felt like compared to the Great American Bashes they uploaded, I felt it was a more disciplined book show because uh, it wasn't blood up and down the cart. So they saved the blood for the cage match and the, the Jimmy Valiant match, which are which were legitimately two blood feuds. Uh, so they, they really earned it. And while the Bash had pumped feuds up and down the thing, but everyone was bleeding. So to the point where you almost, you know, you almost came numb to it because it didn't mean anything by match six because it was happening in match two. So I thought this was more disciplined. I liked the variety of it. Um, yeah, Tully and Dory had a really fun match, and, and it was so funny. Uh, Matt D wrote about it, but it's so true. It looks like Tully was doing everything uh, not to have to sit in a Dory headlock. Uh, it was really, really fun opener. And then he got a, a, a perfectly perfect match where you have Ernie Ladd versus Rufus R. Jones, and it was just a pair of guys who were over who are, are at this point, are, no one's ever compared called Roof as a great worker, but he was over. Same with Ladd in 84. And you know what? They had a little short, little six-minute match. Uh, it wasn't uh, great or anything, but it's, it's you're enjoying it because, again, the crowd's totally eating it up, and you have personalities that are over. I'd rather watch a match with two personalities that are over than you can do the, have the greatest match to a dead crowd. I'd, I'll take a hot crowd any day. Then you had a um, really fun. Um, uh, 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 what was next? <laughs> trying to think. Um, uh, we look. Uh, I want to say whether it was a six man maybe was next. Um, well, while you're looking no, that no, up, it was the tag okay. match where you had Wahoo and Marky Longblood versus Bob Orton and Don Carudo, and they had a really good, really fun tag match, double heat. And then you got the six man tag of Ivan Koloff, Great Kabuki, Gary Hart. Versus the Moscas and JYD. Another really fun six-man tag. Um, I suggest if you guys watch that, you guys should go on YouTube and try to find the Mosca promo uh, that leads into it. Um, Mosca Jr. just flat out sucks, I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, he never got it. It was one of the worst second-generation uh, wrestlers of all time. Uh, <laughs> Didn't he win Rookie but- of the Year in PWI, though? Yeah, he was terrible, <laughs> terrible. Um, and but I mean, Ivan Koloff was really good. Even Gary Hart was really good in what he was doing. Kabuki, I think, is one was one of the best Kabuki performances I've seen in a long time. And he would work perfectly in a six man because his shtick kind of runs thin. So pretty much all you got was his token spots, and 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 so it, so he came across as a big star. Uh, and they were the whole point was they. They you know, got some heat on little uh, Mosca, but finally Big Mosca's in there, and they go after his eye, which they try to go after in a big injury angle where he had a patch over it before this match. And and so it makes sense for what they were doing and the heat on him. So that made it that made it really interesting. So I suggest you get everyone watch the angle and promo uh, before the match because it makes the match makes so much sense. Then you get Valentine and Slater in a cage. I thought it was a really excellent four-star cage match. Um, 
it was what they take the time they they lay they they it, everything was well built to timing was really good uh i just it was a pair of pros and and it's a glimpse of greg valentine as a baby face which you know we don't really have a whole lot of footage of then of course you have rick steamboat with rick, rick flair and going to broadway which a match i loved and and again it's more i can i totally understand where people say oh it's a little slow a little boring but if you, if you understand the angle, and, and that's another thing, like a lot of times, and I don't want to say modern wrestling, but they, 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 they run a lot of angles, but the matches a lot of times just aren't built around the angles. And here it truly was. You had Flair still coming off his injury from Starcade, uh, pre-Starcade match with Harley with the bad neck where he almost retired. This is Steamboat coming out of retirement for, uh, for his, uh, uh, final shot at the title, so they talked him into coming out of retirement. So you had Steamboat working over Flair's neck the whole entire way. Um, great psychology, just dripping with that. Uh, you given Flair giving Steamboat most of the match to get the crowd into believing that Steamboat was going to win the title. Um, you had these uh, great – the crowd was super hot the whole entire way. And for the really the big high spots, they really went crazy for it. Um, and so it was, for that, if you if you're into the if you watch the television, then the match plays better. And plus, the match was over for that audience. So for for what they were doing, it was over in front of that crowd. And then we get Jimmy Valiant versus the Assassin Number Two in a mask versus hair. Um, and I know yeah. Johnny, you saw this one. What, what do you think oh, about yeah. this one, man? Well, first of all, you see, this was the very the very beginnings of the the, the never ending feud of Paul Jones and Jimmy Valiant, and it started. That's Paul Jones and his assassins had attacked Jimmy Valiant, tied his tied his arms up in the ropes, and got out a pair of, of shears and his big scissors and, and cut his beard. So now now it's led up to this Jimmy Valiant coming out there with Dusty Rhodes as his as his second, and Dusty Rhodes is uh, tied to Paul Jones with a cowbell and a rope, <laughs> and and they have the mat and the place uh, the, the crowd I've seen bits and pieces of the rest of the show the crowd is super fucking hot but this is at a time when this feud was over like rover this was the main event boogie jams the name of the show this is the jimmy valiant headlined show and and jimmy valiant and uh the assassin number two who's hercules hernandez under a mask have a decent little match but it doesn't matter the crowd's just eating everything up and there's all the antics with paul jones and dusty and it, they keep it short, of course. You know, you're not going to have the 20-minute-long Jimmy Valiant match. And uh, to where Paul Jones hits Dusty with the bell, and he gets up on the ring apron, and he's going to—he's telling the assassin to throw Jimmy Valiant into him so he can hit him with the, the bell. And, and Jimmy Valiant reverses it, and Dusty gets Jones up, and Dusty whaps uh, the, the assassin with the bell. Jimmy Valiant hits the boogie-woogie elbow drop, still one of my favorite moves ever. I love the boogie-woogie elbow drop. For the one, two, three, and then he unmasks him to, you know, and everyone goes, who is he? Because no <laughs> one knew who Hercules, Her- Hercules Hernandez was, but it didn't matter. He embarrassed him. And oh, I loved every minute of this, especially when I realized a little bit going in, I'm like, wait, I've seen this before. There was this tape. We've talked about it all fair and constantly, but there was a tape that Pro Wrestling Illustrated put out in around 85 called the PWI Lords of the Rings, hosted by Bill Actor and Gordon Soley. And it had all kinds of clips from everywhere and historical stuff. No WWF, obviously. But it was like mine and many other people's first exposure 
to uh, old Crockett, world class, definitely um, Memphis, definitely. Um, and when I realized that's what I was finally, I was, I'm finally seeing the whole match of something I've seen the finish to literally hundreds of times and maybe even happier. I was like, wow, that's so cool. That's a real, to me, that's a real hidden gem. I'm like, you know, I always wanted to see that whole match. Probably the only person in the world who's like, you know what? I never got to see that whole Jimmy Valiant uh, assassin number two match. You know, I'd like to see that someday. And boom, here it is. So I loved it. Yeah. And what's cool about that is that honestly, we don't, realize it it's almost like jimmy valiant is hulk hogan and they they pretty much kind of like you know they pretty much work a hulk match where he sells makes he hulks up uh-huh. makes a comeback bing bang boom um you know it's it's very similar psychology to how hogan worked and it's uh and it's apropos because he's working a completely different style uh than uh anybody else in the uh in the in the carolinas at that point super cool show it's just everyone check it out um crowd was super hot by looking at the seats that thing looked like it was sold out i don't know i haven't looked i haven't found numbers on what it was but man it sounded like a very large crowd hot crowd and from the pictures of what we saw on on the on the footage it looked like a completely full card um but hey man let's all transition over to world class and we're looking to go open up with uh kevin von eric Versus Jimmy Jam Garvin, not even Jimmy Garvin, sorry, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. <laughs> you always do can't get it, can't stop myself. <laughs> you just love Jimmy Jam. I know, you just, I am. You're the Pete, only one. Because <laughs> Pete's secretly, Pete's secret shame is he loves the WCW Freebirds. <laughs> <laughs> he used, when, when they came out that one time with their new song and their new look and then the tape, and the tape didn't work and they had to... Lip, try to lip sync in the crowd. I Pete mean, was I'm watching that as a too is amazing. Yeah, I'm a free bird, but you no. Know, Pete dances around his place, going, "I'm a free bird, but what's your excuse?" Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, what, what, what's better in life? Um, <laughs> love and life, me, Michael Hayes. Uh, well, at least you didn't call him this because the ring announcer, fucking Renelli, stinks. He goes, "Gorgeous Jim Garvin, the fashion stylist." Like, what the fuck? Shut up. You're the worst. Well, we get this match, and it's uh, it's not a complete, well, it's complete of what we got, but it goes off the air uh, at the end of the show, so it's incomplete, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Kelly, when did you hit it start it off, man? Yeah, so this is uh, Labor Day Star Wars, September 5th. This is from Fort Worth. So, yeah, this isn't uh, on the network, folks. This is um, from Pete's private stash. Mm-hmm. And... The info I have in front of me says they drew 11,573, which is pretty good. I'm sure that must be. If, if it was Johnny Stash, we'd get a contact high. But, uh... <laughs> um, I have the whole card here. There was eight matches. It was an interesting card. Um, I'm not sure if this is in the order that they were wrestled or what. The first match they have is Adams against Mr. Ebony. Adams won, of course. And then the uh, whipping match we'll be talking about was number two. Number three is uh, David versus Terry Gordy. We're going to be talking about that one. Number four is this match, Kevin against Jimmy. And then we had four other matches that I guess didn't make tape. Brody and Kamala in a lumberjack match. Johnny Mantell pinned the Mongol. In a match that took 11 minutes and 32 seconds. Oh my! Oof, thank God we didn't have to watch that. 
And then we got the uh, world-class six-man tag uh, title match with the Freebirds against the Von Erics. So the huh. they all wrestled twice. And then the main event, or at least the last match listed, is uh, Iceman Parsons over Buddy Roberts. So that was your Star Wars court card. I think I have that in, uh, six-man tag if you guys want to review it another mm. time. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we've seen for, the other one. <laughs> for, for a minute, I thought you were about to say you had that Mongol Johnny. No, I know that. <laughs> like, don't you fucking dare. I quit. Uh, I do have the, the six man. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, this is uh, ends like uh, like WCW Nitro used to end back in the day, going off the air with the match still in progress. And But, I mean, these two guys, they're great together. They've had a good little feud for the American title. Huge heats. This crowd is just crazy uh, throughout. This is, you know, kind of like the peak of the whole era almost. You could say the summer 83. Everything was clicking. And Carrie's in Kevin's corner. Kevin comes out to LaGrange. Uh, he hasn't adopted Stranglehold yet. That's his theme. He's still using the same theme as uh, Brother David. Sunshine. You know, I love her. Um, she's really become more and more animated, more comfortable, I think, as a performer. She gets way more involved in the matches now, or especially in these Fort Worth matches we've seen with her always getting involved. At the Sportatorium, she's a bit more subdued, but I guess those matches don't really get as heated as these ones at Fort Worth. Uh, you got to be careful about what you put on that Christian channel. Can't have that, <laughs> yes. can't have that sassy Jezebel asserting herself in front of all the strong men. Yeah, there's maybe something to that. But, yeah, it is. I mean, the Fort Worth shows are totally different. We're seeing the big matches. I mean, Sportatorium has big matches too, but these are on another level. Um, longer matches, of course, and blood often in them. And then, uh, let's see, Carrie forces Sunshine into a chair, finally, because she's just being a brat around ringside. Uh, and then, and then, he, then he just won't let up, and it's like he's yeah, harassing her. Yeah. She's got a look. She, she has a look on her face like she's concerned for her welfare <laughs> at one point, because this horse-faced idiot is fucking threatening her with bodily harm. Oh, uh, so what we do see, we see Kev with a big shine on Garvin. And then uh, Garvin does just briefly gets heat, and then otherwise it's all Kevin. I think we saw most of the match, um, according to what I have up here for results. It went 11 minutes and 23 seconds, and Kevin won by DQ in the end, so didn't win the title back. Um, but yeah, this was. Well, if it did, and they went right off the air because uh, that's pretty much the match for runtime. I think we got. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, they pretty much just yeah cut out the last minute of the match. Not sure why, but uh... because of the image of going out with Kevin Von Erich coming going down for the Iron Claw. Yeah. And I said, we've got to go. And he's got, almost got the claw on him. Yeah. And, and the from, pops from, are ready for next week. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that's like, ooh, oh, what's going to happen? You know, right. instead of like, oh, there's a disqualification. See you next week. Yeah. Episodic wrestling, baby. Yeah, that's how it was done back then. But yeah, this was good for um, for what we saw of it. What about you, John? Where are you following uh, this one? Well, number one, we'll see this later. Because I watched these completely out of any order. So, uh, 
Let's put this in. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the, the David Gordy match. But Kerry, one thing, he knows how to wear a T-shirt in, in his tights, not tucked in. Yeah. <laughs> his T-shirt game was dope, too. He had this WCCW shirt that had Kerry on the sleeves. Yeah. Say Kerry on the sleeves. It looked really good. And, yeah, he was – here's Kerry overshadowing Kevin again. The, the announcer's constantly talking about Kerry and – there's a little bullshit going back and forth over and over with Sunshine until Carrie gives up. At one point, she stands up again, and he just looks over like, oh, what, are, what can you do? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then decides to make her sit down again a little bit later. And, uh, and she, she just she looks so scared and sad. I was like, Kelly must be feeling terrible right now. <laughs> I kind of do. Ah. Like, oh, he's just like, look at that big meanie. And then I'm like, they're like a fucking cliffhanger. Fuck you, because I didn't, I didn't care so much for the other two matches, and I was really getting into this one. I'm like ah, fucking cliffhanger. But then I thought about it, like like we just said. I'm like, no, that's a good way to end a TV show. Oh, so, I love the other yeah. two. So there yeah. We go. yeah, I like them too. Okay, <laughs> we're about to talk about those. Yeah, I was with you on this one. This was it was fine for what it was. But I just know these guys have really had some bangers, and so this one kind of felt like it felt like they're building to a long, long match, and then it just kind of goes off the air. So uh, it just left, you know, it was like there. It was what it was. Uh, but then we go into Carrie versus Hayes, country whipping match. Uh, where? What about this one, Kelly? Uh, this it was a obviously can work completely different. Uh, we got some stips here. Pretty cool. What do you think? Yeah, I, I really like this. It was just a wild short brawl with nothing but whipping and choking um yes it was a wrestling match uh by the way but yes it was it was pretty fun um these guys have wrestled a million times and the last time they wrestled on uh the regular show the sportatorium show i was kind of you know tired and 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 done with seeing this matchup but this match was 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 great um they could have used some juice of course that would have put it right over the top um but this was super fun. Um, the announcer, what's his name? Manelli? Rinelli? Yeah. yeah. Rinelli. Rinelli. He screwed up the introductions. He thought yep. he thought Gordy was wrestling um, Carrie, not not Hayes. Yeah. But, yeah this he, he announced Michael Hayes as Terry Gordy's second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's anyway, terrible. So Gordy is, is Hayes' second, of course. And uh, Bruiser Brody is in Carrie's corner for this and yeah, it's just right from the beginning it's just whipping no no attempt at any kind of wrestling this is just a brawl uh like i said choking also nuclear hot crowd and it's really short um but i mean it's still really good um carrie and brody double team hayes basically with the ref distracted and give him a double clothesline with the strap and that's how uh carrie picks up the win yeah, I really like this one. Uh, and then we get some really good post-match stuff with Brody getting busted open by uh, the Oriental Spike, I guess it is. Yep. That, that Gordy has learned in the Orient <laughs> or one of his trips to Japan. And they did a great job of getting that over because yeah. it's like, he didn't use this before he went to Japan? What is yeah. this? Yeah, so it's, it's the tape thumb, if, if you listen yeah, like, yeah. are aware of it. Yeah, tape thumb that uh, is uh, usually given well to i guess brody got it in the head but it's also jabbed into the throat and used as a sleeper there's it's multiple uh 
ways to yeah. use it. It's like, it, it, yeah, it's like the, it's like I, the Swiss, yeah. it's like the Swiss Army knife of wrestling moves. You can do all kinds of shit with it. Yeah, and it's so much cooler than the Oriental tool that Brian Adidas. I always preferred the term Asiatic spike. I thought that sounded right. cooler. And that was what yes. Morocco called his version of it. You saw, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Morocco actually predated um, Gordy using the. Well, I mean, then you can say, of course, Ernie Ladd had the tape thumb, but it was used in a different way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I went three and three quarter stars. I was really high on this one. Um, I just, I love these kind of matches that are just to the point, wild brawl, you know, never once overstays his welcome. It was, yeah, it was a really, fu- a really fun match. You know, one thing I would say is when you mentioned about the blood, I always thought World Class did a good job protecting the blood. Right. Where you, they didn't use it a lot. They, they used it uh, in matches, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. For the, but it was usually used in the heavy angles. And yeah. so it helped the angles get over. Like, again, we look at Dusty's booking in the Carolinas. There was blood much up blood. and down that card to where yeah. it became, eh. Yeah. Here, they, I thought World Class did a really good job. Like, you know, they used it in the flare cage match. Uh, mm-hmm. when. When when Chris Adams turns on Kevin, Kevin uh, blades uh, at the p- post match, um, so they they actually did a really good job of protecting it um, uh, and stuff. And then when you have like super duper big Bahas fights like Khan and Gordy, that mm-hmm. thing the blood was important there. Uh, but I don't think it was like it says. I don't. I didn't. I don't think they used the the blade as nearly as much as they did in like the Carolinas for sure. Um, uh, so I, I wanted to agree where I don't think uh, I, I don't I don't think world class really was a blood and guts territory to tell you the truth they worked a oh. snug style and an aggressive style but I really don't think it was a bloody uh, promotion no not at all well I think that also especially so because of being broadcast on the Christian yeah. network no 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 blood. You know, and when they do use it, those very, very rare occasions, it's usually in like, oh my God, what terrible beatdown happened? Yes. Yeah, mostly and angles. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like because speaking of that dusty booking and the Great American Bash we were talking about earlier, the tour, you know, the one that was up is up on the network that I was at the or not no, no the one that I was at is the same tour as the ones that were up and down there. The only guy that didn't have to bleed on those shows was Denny Brown, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or maybe Thunderfoot too. Yeah, Sammy something. Houston didn't bleed either. Yeah, Sammy Houston. Yeah, but you yeah, never the knew. Opening, the opening match, or uh, <laughs> Mr. Electricity didn't bleed either. I mean, it was the yeah. first or second match tops. Other than that, that thing had blood in every Top match. to bottom. I remember yeah. being the, the one I was at. I was like, but that's the story that was told. They, they almost shut the fucking show down because yeah. of how bloody it was. And because that Wahoo got the, the razor blade caught in his forehead and couldn't get it out. <laughs> And finished the match that way, and almost, that, almost got, got the show. He got man. bloody as hell at that uh, one in, in uh, oh yeah, not the outdoor store, but the indoor one. And I can't imagine what it was that we got it stuck in his forehead. How nasty! Yeah. It was nasty as hell. But yeah, that was dude's bloody as hell. Which just, I completely digressing, but I just have to say it. Like, how fucking awesome is Tully Blanchard done with those matches with Ronnie Garvin, where there's nothing but punches. And he I makes mean, the most entertaining thing you've ever fucking seen. I digress. Yeah, I, I like the first one at the outdoor stadium better, but the other one was really good too. The first one I thought was a master class. Yeah, uh, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, that was a master class and incredible. 
and then the finish was so creative. Um, going into over here on gimmick matches, you have uh, Carrie and Hayes, country whipping Johnny. Okay, um, it was okay. My attention was a little diverted at the time, but you know, I liked the angle afterwards like a lot with Brody, them gang jumping Brody and bloodying Brody. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's, but you know, like, okay, cool. They're beating the shit out of each other with, with fucking whips for a while. And then it's over to me. I'm like, I liked it, but it just, I, it just wasn't grabbing my attention. You know, as a kid, Brody and Gordy was one of those matches I was just dying to see. And honestly, on, on the, what the, from world class we got, most of the, most of the matches only went five or six minutes. And we never really got that. I think there's one, maybe I think it was when Rick Rude was champion. They ran a Terry Gordy. Bruiser Brody barbed wire match. I, I haven't seen it forever, so I don't want to comment on it. But other than that, most of these things only went five or six minutes. It was like a match I really was dying to see because, I mean, I thought at the time growing up, I thought obviously if Bruiser Brody had this aura about him and Terry Gordy was like the biggest, baddest apple. And that was one of those matches I've always wanted to see in a bloody brawl. And I, we just never got him, I don't believe. But maybe that country whip, maybe that barbed wire match, uh, I, I got to revisit because I haven't seen it in, like, forever. Um, I love this match. One with you, Kelly. I give it three, three, four. Here, I mean, it's just greatly set up. You have Kerry and Hayes, country whipping. You have Brody is in Kerry's corner. You have Gordy and Hayes' corner. So we, we have we have those type of things, those neither of those nuances to play with. The crowd is absolutely nuclear for this. I mean, just white hot. It's all action. Um, I love. Uh, I think I, I'm. I'm, I'm going to say I, I think Lawrence smokes Mercer when it comes to calling a match. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's- but Mercer's better in the personality pieces. I ain't going to lie. So it almost like you think maybe Lawrence should be calling every match, and Mercer should be doing more of like Mean Gene type stuff. Um, yeah. And doing the interviewing, which I think would have worked better, but I yeah, I understand Mercer was more had higher whatever what do they call it Q ratings Q-rating. or whatever <laughs> yeah um, and then I mean then what all yeah this awesome brawl with Carrie and Hayes and then we get this post match brawl that also sets up Gordy and, and Brody so I'm always a sucker for a really kick ass match with a finish and then we get this really fun after match post match and that's what we get here that sets up. Uh, Brody and Hayes, or even uh, a tag match uh, between the four of them. Mm-hmm. So they, they did. This is really good umbrella booking where they get a lot of uh, pieces involved. And you know, we got this match set up. A singles here. You know, we could go a tag match. We can do a, uh, a tornado tag match. We could do a Hell Gordy and Hayes. Uh, Brody could do a country whipping match. They could do multiple. I mean, right there, they they just ran through like a month's worth of uh, of uh, at least. Probably three months of booking when they could set up for stuff for matches uh, between the four of them. So yeah, I, I love this. It's you know it's not one of them high work rate matches, oh, but God, it's just no. but it's just <laughs> awesome. You know you don't need it. You know no. if you have guys who are over and the crowd's into it, you you don't need. That's why I'm thinking it's like sometimes man, uh, this is just a lot of fun. And then and I was like hooping and hollering the whole entire yeah. time, like yeah. whip that guy, Kerry, whip that. That's Sissy, uh, Michael Hayes, and <laughs> uh, and 
Uh, you know, I'm not woke sometimes. And, uh, and, uh, or you're, or you're from 1955. <laughs> exactly. You sissy prissy haze. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love this. This is, this is my, 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 uh, my, uh, soul food, uh, for a white man. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I love it. This is, I grew up on this stuff. I love these things. Yeah, I mean, this match would get over now uh, if you had Roman Reigns doing it with with Randy Orton or, or Kofi and well, I don't think I know they wouldn't do it with Kofi. Not and Randy. Let's let's uh, not but, let's not do that with yeah. Kofi. Okay, but hey, um, <laughs> that's what they're building. <laughs> that's what they're building too. Uh, but man, now we get into a totally different match. Two out of three falls match with David Von Erich versus Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Um, obviously different than anything we saw tonight, which I kind of, I really like the, uh, the circus feel here where we got a little bit of this, we got the wild brawl, mm-hmm. we got Kevin and, and then Jimmy, where you got like some wrestling, some brawling, and now we got David and, and Terry Gordy here. Uh, uh, what do you think of this, Kelly? Yeah, I really like this one as well. Uh, Gordy is just awesome at this point in time. He can do it all. And yeah, he's so believable as the, the tough you know, monster heel almost just kicking ass. He but he's also willing to show ass when the time is coming. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he's he'll he'll bump, he'll sell. He's he's like like I said, he can do it all. He's he's great in tags, great in singles. Yeah, and, yeah. There's no wonder he was such a hot commodity. He's, he's doing j- tours of Japan. Those went to some of the top stars. So yeah, he's he's doing really well here. He attacks David before the bell, so we get yeah. This one's got a Nice little pace to it. David's first comeback gets a huge pop. And here we go. We're off to the races. And uh, it's, it's a gritty little match at the beginning. David's tossed under the announce table. And that has to, or, or I should have mentioned, uh, Johnny Mantell joins yeah. uh, Mark Lawrence on commentary here, randomly. Um, so when uh, David gets tossed under the announce table, they have to scurry out of the way. Um yeah, Mantel, he was okay. Uh, you know, he's, he's, I thought he offered some nice nuggets of psychology. Yeah, story. yeah, yeah. He's perfectly fine. He, did, he didn't come off as like being out of his element or anything. But what was the point? I, mean, I, like, I don't know. Here's, here's John Mantel out here to babble on some bullshit. And then for the first fall and later on, here's Chris Adams do the same goddamn thing. What, what's right. going on? I think eventually it ended up. I don't know. I don't know why Mantell, why they didn't have Adams or both, because I think eventually it sets up a tag match with with Adams yeah, involved of course. Oh, yeah. uh, for a future date. Maybe Mantell was uh, on it with Buddy Roberts on some point. I, I don't know. Um, or maybe Adams was taking a dump and they needed. Or, or maybe his brothers. <laughs> or maybe his brothers, the Booker. Yeah, <laughs> I he... think that's the number one right answer right there. Because um, as we're going to talk about next week. Uh, Mantel's uh, benefiting from his brother having the oh, pencil, boy. that's for sure. Um, yeah, you guys are, I, I like Mantel more than you guys. <laughs> you but know, I will say, when I was really? younger, I, was, I did not dig Mantel, but I, I've come around and respect him as a worker now, but go on. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, like it's kind of <laughs> random that he's there. But, yeah, he's only there for the first fall, right? Um, so then David slows things down by working on Gordy's Knee and leg, uh, not the most graceful um, working at times, <laughs> but anyway, um, Gordy slugs his way out of it, and it's just kind of back and forth. David hits his uh, version of the V-trigger, or should I say, 
um, Kenny Omega hits his version of the the D trigger. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The D trigger. It's the dig D trigger. I'm just <laughs> that's where the dig the dig trigger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it works in different ways. Um, so that's how David wins the first fall with the high knee, and then Roberts comes down for the second fall. Crowd's red hot for this one. Uh, and here's the the Oriental spike getting uh, loaded. Uh, here's where Gordy uses in a sleeper. And, and pretty much I thought that was going to be the finish. But no, it wasn't. But then David just gets up and gets headbutted by Gordy. And then that's the second fall. And then third fall, Chris Adams on commentary. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's upset at what's going on here. Gets into it with Gordy. Buddy takes the chair out from under him. <laughs> being a little asshole as he always is and so then we get a, a brawl between uh adams and buddy on on the apron and the referee's distracted or there's confusion and that's when or no gordy's distracted and david rolls up gordy for the pin and retains the texas title best two out of three falls yeah i, I thought this was fun i went three and a quarter on it and yeah these guys i mean especially gordy so good at this time, but David is uh, David was really good as well. Johnny Sorrow, yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not a counterpoint. It was, it's a, you know, here, here's what it is: getting back into watching this world class footage after not watching it for a while, I still am feeling a little bit of Freebird Von Eric uh, fatigue. It's just still feeling it a little bit, you know. Like, well, yeah, 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 here we go again. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> It is what it is, yeah. I know. I'm just, I'm just a little bit. And it's at the not time, as you know, it's not a promotion like as deep as Carolina's. Oh right. Uh, where you have a lot of more different personalities, and they're not, and the three baby faces aren't related. Um, uh huh. Oh, oh yeah, yes. no, I can totally understand that from a guy who worked on the world class Texas Death Valley Drive. Uh, oh yeah, that, that, uh, God, I can't imagine. Have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then when you, you have, you had to go through the bad years of the Von Erics. '82 oh, was bad, but it wasn't. Uh, 87 bad. Uh, but go on. But uh, so first of all, going back to the previous match, I noticed this. I, I forgot to bring it up. Did you guys notice when Carrie gets the three count on Hayes? He gets up off of Michael Hayes completely at the two count, and the ref <laughs> just finishes the count. <laughs> I don't even need to state. I don't even need to. I don't even need to lay on him anymore. Just count him out, ref. <laughs> Carry <laughs> fuck, fucking Von Eric. No, I carry goddamn Von Eric. Oh yeah. So Jerry Usher, that is our referee for that one. The terrible ref who looks like Doc Brown. And there's a sign in the crowd that says, "This is so odd." It says, "Von Eric rule and Freebirds obey." Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> that sounds that's some deep south uh yeah. obey master owner type uh, yeah i don't know what the hell i thought i thought it was some sort of christian s&m shit you know it but could be it too so you've heard about doris yeah oh well i guess i've heard so here's the thing uh chris adams looks like a goober with his t-shirt tucked into his tights because he's got a sleeveless t-shirt tucked into his tights which makes him look like he's just walking around in a goofy singlet, and he just looks like such a goober. <laughs> it was totally distracting me. But, you don't uh, tuck in your shirt and your underwear and pose in the mirror? <laughs> no, no, okay. I don't. I guess it's just me. 
right. you know, as a I matter of fact, weirdo. As, 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 <laughs> as a matter of fact, back in when I was a kid, when we still wore tidy whiteies and white t-shirts, I never tucked it into my underwear because that's what what insane people do. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what it would get your underwear exposed if you bent over too much. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, the match was good. I mean, I, I fully recognized I was watching a good match. But at the same time of a little bit of fatigue, I also had right next to me out on the deck eight uh, like eight year old, nine year old kids bouncing around with these two who only come over every now and then were complete fucking behemoth oafs who I have to yell at. No, hey, I said no wrestling. So I'm yelling over here, no wrestling while I'm trying to watch wrestling. <laughs> it was just a terrible mixture. That's hilarious. I, I I enjoyed it. I'm like with Kelly. I gave it three and a half, a little more than Kelly. Um, I like Gordy with the striking first, you know, the Pearl Harbor. And then uh, David switches the advantage, and David starts working the leg. And this was kind of felt like this might be David's, like, NWA touring style. If he was the NWA champion template here. And he's working um, working the leg of the big man, and it makes perfect sense. You, you want to bring the big man down to uh, to your level. Uh, but, you know, what, what Gordy wants is he wants to turn into a brawl. And he gets a big knee uh, by David gets the first fall. But Gordy is still wanting to turn this into a brawl. Uh, and that's what we get kind of in the second fall. Gordy gets his style match, and he wins with, by, with this really fun brawl, brawling aspect in the second fall. And the third fall, I really was digging um, because Gordy has, like, kind of now he's damaged uh, David's neck. He's used the used the the, the the thumb. He's we've seen the Gonzo bomb. We saw a nice uh, German suplex. Uh, so he and some lariat. So he's really really focusing on David's neck. So I enjoyed that storytelling. But we kind of get the you know the banana peel finish. Three and a half stars. Real fun stuff. Uh, Gordy definitely looked fantastic here as the ring general. And David was a uh, David. You know it was pretty solid. You know it was sloppy in spots. But overall, his his overness over him being over 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 you know overshadowed the little sloppy spots here and there. But overall, really really fun uh, fun match. And uh, I, I mean overall, I enjoyed I enjoyed all three of these matches for the most part, all for all different reasons. What about you, uh, Johnny? Um, overall, it, it was fine. Again, I just like it was like rediving in, rediving into to all this, and not with the TV. It was just a. Uh, like, okay, back in the saddle with <laughs> world class. Yeah. But uh, but overall, yeah, again, one thing I, I will say, like you said, I was like, God damn, Mark Lorenz is just so much better than Bill yeah. Mercer. It's crazy. Kelly, where do you fall on this? Yeah, I enjoyed uh, the whole thing. Um, I've been rejuvenated, definitely, a couple months away from this. Because I was feeling, you know, when we last were doing uh, world-class shows that, okay, yeah, I think uh, we've seen enough of the Freebirds Von Erics, which, you know, only a few months before that, we were loving it, and it was, yeah, it got very repetitive. But, uh, no, I feel re- rejuvenated now, at least for now. Um, I mean, you think about it, we're in, uh, we're in August, or no, we're in September, September right now, of the show. Mm-hmm. Two months, Christmas night is the big blow off of Michael Hayes doing the Loser Leave Town, uh, which I feel, I mean, we'll get to, we'll talk about it when mm-hmm. we watch it. It's one of the most excellently booked blow offs I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. 
I think I think I think world class is two of the best blow off feuds ever. But with that one, and then I felt uh, the, the the Gino uh, Chris yeah, Adams Harry yeah, Kevin yeah. hair match. I thought it was an incredible yeah. blow off for that feud, even though they extended it. It's the same thing with the Freebirds, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I, they, they were two of the best I've ever seen. Where where you get work rate combined with. Uh, 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 with with storytelling, which I always uh, that's the, to me that's where wrestling hits its its epitome. So eventually they'll be transitioning out and go doing something different, more doing something different uh, yeah. and stuff. So, but it's it's a hot crowd, hot uh, hot territory at this point, and and you can see why it's one of the all time great wrestling. Ooh. One thing I wanted to add, I, I forgot to bring up, um, is they kept mentioning that starting next week or starting this week. World Class uh, is going to be a two-hour show every Saturday night. And they mentioned from 10 o'clock to midnight. I'm like, so this is the one that's not for kids. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the show for teenagers and adults who are up that late at home watching wrestling, I guess. But, you know, ECW used to have a slot like that. It was on late at night. You know, you can watch, you'd be watching it in a bar at eleven o'clock at night on a Saturday night. You know, so yeah, I can see why it's, it's 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 their it's their touring uh, show. It's yeah. uh, it's their big shows, and they would be uh, usually probably two and a half hours long, and probably they'd probably be able to get two or three shows out of uh, out of one house show. It was also explains the blood. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's shown late at night, and you know, they probably do a lot more stips and and stuff like that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. totally. A more hotter, uh, more, you know. But it also goes angle. to show you that obviously the promotion's on fire if they're about to expand to a two-hour show mm-hmm. on yeah. Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like and not have to worry about, and not even worry because they're putting up so many marquee matches and not even worried about selling tickets because people are still coming out and buying them at the, the arenas. Yeah, to- totally disproving that theory that you can't get yeah. away for free. It's like, exactly. yeah, you can. Sure you can. You can you, you can not only give it away for free. You could do the same fucking matches over and over and over again, and if you keep it hot, they'll come see it live. Yeah, you just alter it and keep it you keep it competitive. You know, I mean, that's kind of where the Freebirds and the Von Erics. I mean, honestly, you, you get on these little little winning streaks. So the Von Erics win a few, then the the he they the. the Freebirds win some back, and yeah, it's like it's yeah, never, yeah, yeah. going into these matches. You never know who's going to win it at any given time, except for the blow-offs usually. But but, and then, but and, you also get you also get to bring in ancillary characters involved yeah. in it, like Iceman and now yeah. Brody. You know, so that's how you keep it fresh. And you get those guys over by giving them the rub by working into that feud. No, exactly, exactly. Harley Race, the current world heavyweight champion, has made good a promise. That he made to himself and to the world in general in the month of August 1973, about 10 days after he had lost the World Heavyweight Championship to Jack Briscoe, he vowed that he would not rest until he regained that title. February 6th, 1977, that came true. And Harley, I can only go back in time and remember when at the age of 17, your wrestling career was cut short by an automobile accident. You were put in critical condition. The doctor said... You would never wrestle again, that you probably would never walk again. You've certainly proven them all wrong. Let me say this, Gordon. What you do in your life, you do with self-determination. I don't have all that great amateur background that 90% of the wrestlers today have. They told me, not only when I had the accident, that I wouldn't wrestle again, 
Every promoter in America throughout the world told me that I was not championship caliber because of that background. Well, I guess throughout the years that I proved to everyone in wrestling, whether they like me or dislike me, that I am made of championship caliber. Right here's a proof of it, two times. Two times, Gordon. There isn't probably three other men in the history of wrestling that can sit here and say that they helped this two times. There's only probably 10 alive today that can ever say they held it one time. Well, here's living proof, not only in a belt, in myself and when I walk in that ring. I do what I've got to do to win at all costs. It may not be what you like, but it's a winner for me. Thank you very much. Harley Race, NWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion. Man, I know with a heavy heart, uh, Harley Race passed away a few weeks ago. Um, you know, former NWA champion, I mean, legendary beer drinker, tough guy. <laughs> um, one of those characters, he's almost like a, he's almost, it's almost like kind of watching in a way, uh, a caveman in a way. In the, in the, if you look at compare him to today's wrestling society, I mean, if you look at our champions right now, with like we have, you have Seth, uh, Okada in New Japan, uh, Kofi. None of those guys you you ever hear of that being legendary tough guys like uh, Harley Race. It just shows the evolution of the business. Uh, but Harley was like just one that when the tough get together, they call him boss type of things, and uh, just a legendary character. Uh, Johnny, what are you? What are your memories of Harley Race? Uh, well, I've listened to a lot of Harley Race tribute stuff. Uh, over the last week, uh, particularly Jim Ross, and he he particularly made that point that in the seventies, you know, the, everyone always said, "Well, who's the boss? Andre's the boss." Like, not if Harley was there, <laughs> and Har- and Andre realized that as well. You know, the, he was the fucking boss. And <clears throat> my earliest memories are reading about him when I first got into the magazines, and. And we go, no, he just looks like a tough guy. I remember thinking he looked kind of fat, you know, you're still a kid. And you're like, oh, there's the fat guy. And then I think the first time I saw him wrestle was on PWI Lords of the Ring, the Flair cage match, the end of that at Starcade. And I didn't really know what to make of him just from that clip. And not too long after that, he was in the WWF. And I, I distinctly remember because before he got the King gimmick, and I was watching a Saturday morning show. It was the first time Harley Race was on. I think it, it wasn't in Allentown either. It, the match was somewhere else. But um, it's the first time I ever heard boring chants on a WWF show. And I remember thinking that that was, it was like 15 years old, 6 to 15. I was like, I remember thinking it was amazingly disrespectful. I was like, what? Bore, that, that, that's terrible. That, you know, that's Harley Race. And then I just watched him do the King gimmick. I was like, Okay, I see what he's doing. Vince is doing it's dreaded. King gimmicks are there's lots of them. But my mind at the time, I went, oh, he's sticking it to Lawler. I get it. He's stick, he's sticking it to Lawler. <laughs> and but then I remember watching him versus Hogan on on those Madison Square Garden uh, uh, on, on the MSG channel. 
and he had a little run with Hogan. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, and that's right. when I really turned around and went, no, fucking Harley Race is awesome. Because the other thing on that PWI Lords of the Ring was him winning the title for the end, the, the, the third fall of him winning the title for the first time in 1972 against Dory Funk Jr., you know, with a suplex. <laughs> and, you know, so I was like, well, maybe he was great when he was young, you know, but now he's WWF and he's old. And then he goes out and just tears the house down with Hogan. Amazing matches. So you know, that's where I was from watching him. You know, then I kind of got out of WWF at the time. And when by the time I started watching wrestling and he was a manager and a really great manager. Yeah, for me. Growing up, my first time seeing him was at a world class on television. Uh, it had been 83 or 82. Um, was, yeah, it had been 82. Oh, it might have been 83. Um, and yeah, and you're like, because at this point, I'm like comparing him to Flair, and I'm like, okay, he's not as dynamic in this. But then as I got older, you really appreciate it, what a good promo he was. Uh, and he's like, he conveyed that he's tough, and you believe oh, yeah. what, what Harley said went you believed in everything you 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 said and then i happened to be at the royal rumble where he raced wrestled i want to say it was haku right haku, yeah for the for the king and he lost yeah. so i was there for that um and you know and i'm and you know he's a guy most i saw most of his career was in hindsight and never never saw him live anywhere uh but i you know i really enjoyed him on the tapes on the stuff from houston uh-huh. um I loved his match with his match with Terry Funk as an all-time Stone Cold classic. Uh, uh, two out of three falls. He had a great title defense against El Halcón. He had a great defense, really good defense against Gino Hernandez from Houston. So this, for, for a lot of his Houston stuff, I um, really started to appreciate. He had a style uh, like we saw uh, when he worked Backlund, where he gave Backlund like ninety percent of the. Oh yeah. Uh, that Barb just wanted to just for, uh, wanted to do a burning ha- hammer on the whole entire promotion. Well, that's and that's why I'm so happy that while Kelly had the great idea to put out reruns while we were gone, and when I, I and I went to I go, I'm just getting old Titans on there, and I went to look and I was like, oh yeah, this one, this that's is the one, line. and it was the one with Bob Harley, and it, 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 you know, coincidentally, it came out just a few weeks after before Harley passed, so yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like. Yeah, that I remember talking on that show, stories. and I was a guy who I didn't like the Bob Harley match, but I understood the psychology behind yep. it. Bob uh-huh. wanted nothing. <laughs> I understand that he was talking about people calling their neighbors and their friends. <laughs> like, like they're like he was like in the internet age. Um, for a smart guy, probably could be a dummy at times. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, he was a guy who was like ended up becoming larger than life. I was never a big fan of him as a manager of Vader, I'll be honest. Um, to me, he gave Vader clout, but, I, yeah. but, but Harley took his bumps were too pretty to be a manager. Um, <laughs> so they always took me, he did these picture perfect backdrops, and it was almost like too good to be a manager. Um, and, and it, but, but, but I enjoyed his aura that he gave Vader because it gave him another right. uh, piece. Because at the time, big fat guys like Vader never won the title. They were always guys who'd go up against Hogan and lose, or go up against the champ and lose, and the in the Abdullah Abdullah ilk and stuff. But uh, Harley gave Vader that that credibility to when he won the world title, 
it's like, all right, man. He, and he has Vader as Harley with him. And, and even when, even in the dark ages of when, uh, Flair left WCW and it left, uh, Harley with Luger when Harley came out and finally Luger, and this is after Luger has had a history of like choking on the big ones and stuff. It almost recreated the character with Harley, uh, gave him again, gave him a rub, uh, that it desperately needed. I mean, they didn't do really good business then, but I, if you look back and watch Luger in that as the world champion, he was really good. And a lot of that was, I think was because of Harley working with them and explaining his, his role as champion and how to project as champion. Um, so I think it's one of those things that he's, uh, no, you know, doesn't get enough credit for in a way. Um, his, he always said they always had the rep of before they had all these all the performance centers and all this stuff was and and I guess I guess before Lance Storm's school Harley's racist school was the school to go to uh-huh. to get get work and get ready to go into the WWE. Now it became Lance Storm's school, but who just recently uh, announced that he's closing up shop too. Uh, uh, but yeah, those are kind of the schools you go to before you go to the performance center because those are the ones that had the pedigrees really. Uh, and again, like same with the, the Wild Samoan school. Um, but yeah. So Pete, so Pete, you know, but here's one of the reasons why, um, uh, I found this out was why he was put with Vader was someone needed to fucking babysit him yeah. and keep him under control who he'd listen to. And everyone, and you know, apparently not just because he's a tough guy, but because he was the one of the most respected guys. He Harley Race is in wrestling. It, he's mythological. He's one of those mythological guys. There's every every a million Harley Race stories. Some of which, if you if you listen to it and you go, well, he should be in jail for that, but no, because it's it's just it, they're tall tales. When you have, when you're when you're a guy who has tall tales told about you, you've reached mythological status. Yeah. And apparently, the, the the most respected man in the business. He's a Mount Rushmore guy. Yeah. He would be considered. Uh, you could make the argument that he'd be Zeus of the Greek gods. Um, yeah. Um, throwing thunder <laughs> down. Throwing uh, lightning bolts down. Yeah, I'm throwing lightning bolts. You know the Mick Foley stories in his. The Mick Foley stories in his book where they put the fear of Harley in, in somebody where Mick ended up getting uh, insurance paid for it by his injury in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Um, just all you have, there's so many great tale tales of Harley race. And and he's, I mean, I use this name a lot, often imitated, never duplicated. A uh, guy who will be missed is even when he retired from wrestling, he was still involved with wrestling. And he's one of the guys I will say I, I never got to meet him, uh, and he's one of the guys I I regret not getting a chance to meet. Um, uh, Stone Cold legend, big fan of his matches with Jumbo. Uh, I, uh, I I actually loved his matches with Jumbo. Enjoyed his matches with Abdullah, with Mill. Uh, had a lot of really strong strong matches and. Uh, but it's more more the fact is that his legacy it is what it is what it is what it is and and that's what it is it's uh he has an aura uh, and uh, not many people have that aura but Harley Race does and even like the, the great big superstars to, from the Ric Flairs to the Hulk Hogan's to Stone Cold Steve Austin's whenever 
Harley would walk into a room and be instant silence and be, yes, sir, yes, sir, you know, no, sir. Um, yeah, just awesome guy. Awesome, 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 awesome wrestler. Awesome, uh, awesome presence. Uh, a big, big asset to the wrestling community. Community. What about you, Kelly? Where do you fall on? Uh, what do you say? What do you, what do you thoughts about Harley? Yeah, like Johnny mentioned the mythical aspect to it, because that's sort of how I was introduced to Harley. I, I mean, I got into wrestling in 86, so that was and actually pretty much right at the time when Harley came over and was first handsome Harley race. Yes. Briefly, his old um, uh, nickname from his AWA run in the 60s when he was a pretty boy. Um, and With then, Larry Hennig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I'll talk about that later. You imagine how ugly motherfuckers had to be in the 60s that Larry Hennig and Harley Race were the pretty boy characters? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Well, Christmas. as heels. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was like, a, <laughs> you know, they were the, the they weren't um, heartthrobs or anything, but they were. <laughs> they were the Midnight up. Express. You know, <laughs> yeah, basically like a Midnight <laughs> <tougher>. Express. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dennis didn't really look like much of a lover boy, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. So. Yeah, so my introduction to Harley, of course, was right when he became the king. But actually, my at the same time, I was already collecting the aftermags, and they always played up Harley as one of the all-time legends. And, you know, because he was in the Pantheon, he was a seven-time NWA title holder, I believe. I mean, it's changed over the years. But I think at the time, it was seven. And uh, so he was, I think, one ahead of Luthez. And then Flair was catching up, and they would always talk about the records and who held the most titles. So for you know a nine, ten year old kid like myself, I thought, well, I mean, he hardly held it seven times. He must be amazing. The pictures you know of him were always covered in blood with the NWA title. Uh, so many stories, and I just believed it all. And I, I had I saw him wrestle as the king, and I couldn't see him wrestle um, as his pre-WWF stuff, because that just wasn't accessible to me. I probably saw... I know Lord of the Rings was definitely something I saw um, once or twice, uh, because, I don't know, somebody had rented it from a specific video store, I think downtown in Calgary, but not in our neighborhood, and they never had that tape, but I know I saw it around that time, so I would have saw some Harley there. But I had to wait until years later to see, you know, the NWA Kingpin Harley... But as a as a person or a character, he's like one of the most believable tough guy wrestlers ever. Um, it just yeah, it just his promos great. He just oozes that whole like you you don't want to fuck with this guy. Um, he would he would kill you. Um, and you don't see that in wrestling much anymore. He was just one of those pure tough guy characters, and. Yes, and then later, and especially in the last few years, I've really got into Harley, all the Harley we've watched. We've watched a lot for World Class, and he's always impressed me. His matches with Carrie and uh, with uh, Kevin, too? Kevin was really good, yeah. Yeah, and, and against King Kong Bundy in a random match there, I remember being pretty good <laughs> yeah, as well. We'll see the Iceman coming up really Ice fun. Iceman's coming mm. up. There was that match from... 77, I believe it was, when David was just a rookie. Remember, we watched that one. Yeah. And he, that was a really fun match because David couldn't do anything at that point. And, and uh, that was a total classic Harley broomstick match. 
so yeah, I mean, that was he was great at doing that. He could carry anybody, uh, get a good match out of anybody almost. Um, and then even like the King years, he has really good stuff. Johnny mentioned the Hogan matches. Those were really strong. Um, he's involved in some other cool stuff there in the WWF when he was winding down. How about that? How about that? I remember watching that stupid uh, Slammy show. Yes. That I, I almost was turning off because I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, him and Duggan? And then yeah. him and Duggan proceed to brawl throughout the entire arena like <laughs> it's fucking ECW. So yeah. in the middle of all this hokey bullshit, Duggan and Harley Race are having a legitimate looking fight. Throughout the fucking building, it's and then the bad, best part of the backstory is Harley was shit faced doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, but yeah, that got me excited for a feud between those guys, and I don't think they really did too much. I think uh, Duggan got popped for the for the for the. No, joke, no, right? this was after he came back. I guess it was probably Harley. Who then this hurt. is where Harley got, got hurt. hurt. Then, huh? Yeah, so that's why it really went nowhere, which uh, is unfortunate because the. The Slammy's angle really made it look like they could have had some really cool stuff at that time. Uh, that could have been like a great cap to uh, Harley's career, that feud, um, if it went off. But no, yeah, I mean, Harley's one of the all-time greats. He's like, you know, they don't make him like this anymore type guy that they're dying off, and it's sad. Yeah, he's like the Edsel, you know? <laughs> well, the Edsel was a failure. Uh, yeah, no, no. Was it? Right, sorry, yeah. then. No, but yeah, he's like, like a, a, a classic car. Didn't the Ford. How about that? Yeah, he's a, he's a classic car that, they, you know, they don't build in that style anymore. Like a super cool Mustang. Like maybe the, the car from uh, Bullet that Steve McQueen... There you oh, go. There you That's go. Harley Race. A car with 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 mutton chops. Muscle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. No, Harley was great. All time great. Uh, it's too bad I was away because <laughs> we probably would have done like a real actual tribute show. Right. And, and well, watch some matches and stuff, but um, you know, well, well, well it, would, it, it, it would it would just it be seems like they must not have had uh, much access to someone for his like. Untapped stuff because the hidden gems they gave us—they were fine, but it really didn't really capture his career type of thing. I mean, yeah. we only match in full was a JYD match uh, with Andres, right? Which was still fun, but yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, maybe they're Harley. maybe they're whipping up one of them documentaries. They do so well about it, you know. And yeah, maybe that's where it's going to uh, right now. But um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh no, here's why. Here's why we—it's we, we, good that we didn't uh, get together. And do that because it would have been two hours of me bitching about dummies calling Harley Race a spot monkey. And th- no one wants th- that just anger throughout a whole fucking show. <laughs> because here's what Harley was. He was an evolution. The business was evolving at that time. You were, you were going from years and years and years of Dory and Briscoe. And that's the style of wrestling. And as the 70s were happening, everything and they had things were changing. You know, that wasn't maybe not working. And Harley Race working a bigger style, you know, a more entertaining style is what was called for to, to yeah, draw. He started money. He kind of ushered in that big bumping style. You know, it, it had to be done. It was not going anywhere with just two guys laying around on the fucking mat for an hour. You know, you got to go entertaining, get get these fucking UHF uh, ratings and, and shit. And then he that evolved into flair and where we are now. So, I mean, yeah. it's the evolution of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and speaking of um, hidden gem footage, it looks like they do have the footage of the 
86 King of the Ring tournament. Because no. I think they played... Um, they have a clip of it, yeah. Of him with the trophy, but also the final match against Pedro. Um, so you know how they've done that before with clips, and then eventually <laughs> it all comes out. Yeah. So it, it's probably there, and I think there's a good chance now that they're doing the modern King of the Ring tournament in the next uh, month or so. Yeah, no, people were, ex- people were expecting it to drop this week uh, because of the King of the Ring announcement and Harley passing it away. Yeah, I think there's <laughs> a good chance it'll drop in the next month with the tournament ongoing, because I think it's clear that they have it. Yeah. Um, uh, so that would be cool, even uh, though yeah, matches yeah. will probably uh, be horrible uh, since they're 86. I'm sorry, I'm not, yeah. I'm not in a rush to watch an 86 Harley versus 86 Pedro match. <laughs> you know, I know, I know. Me. I know. know, but still, it's cool. So that's something that you've only seen pictures of over the years, and it, it was at Foxborough Stadium, right? So that's a, a that's zero. interesting. Yes, because I saw uh, I saw the I saw yeah, the dead there twice. So there you cool. go. It, it'll, it'll probably be with no commentary, sort of. It looked like uh, the style of like the Crockett Cup ringside um, camera work, so it could be could be something. Um, I didn't even put two and two together that Harley Race just died, and then out of nowhere, there's a new King of the Ring after for, after no King of the Ring for years. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's probably the impetus for it. It just occurred to me. <laughs> they got to bring back the original uh, purple robe. They better make back. a motherfucker wear a crown. I know that they yeah, hate it, but be they better. King, king something. Like you got to add King to the name. You got to fucking oh, Ricochet. King oh, Ricochet. <laughs> Well, he well was that's what his nickname was on the Indies for the longest time. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, he, yeah, he wore a crown yeah. and everything. He was King uh, Ricochet. Okay. So, yeah, uh, give it to a motherfucker who don't mind wearing a crown, like like when they did it with Booker T. Booker T put that shit on, reinvented yeah, himself, and, reinvented and was himself, amazingly yeah. entertaining. Yeah. yeah, that was an awesome run. <laughs> uh, who, who's in the tournament? I, 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 uh, I looked at the bracket, but... See, and almost would be a great king. Yeah, uh, Joe, Joe's in it. King McIntyre, Joe. Yeah, that could work. McIntyre would make a great king. Yeah, if they give it to McIntyre, yeah, if they give it to McIntyre, they need to do to him what they did to Sheamus when he was the king, and they turned it into like an actual Celtic king, and he had to wear a a wooden fucking. (laughs) But he had to wear like a wooden. Had to wear a wooden crown and dress like Robin Hood. <laughs> was, no, no, was, no, no, no. It was the shits. It, it was, was the shits. Shit. Well, yeah, well, I'm not trying to do him and make him into a comedy character. I'm trying to make him into a main eventer, John. Yeah. I'm just saying that sounds like what they did to Seamus, and he took him years to recover from that shit. Yeah, but, uh, but we'll do it with seriousness, not with I, wink, I, wink, look how I, funny I, we are. How about King Elias? I think that actually has a good chance of happening. Yeah, be, the king I can see that. Oh yeah, yeah, well only he better fucking start doing Elvis tunes then. There you go. Yes. There's no way he's gonna be fucking Elias, but uh, that's, that's really crazy. I think he has a good chance. He has be either Elias I mean, or McIntyre. Win in a row, no way. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah, in the middle of our trivia, yeah, but look at who he has to beat. There are a bunch of jabronis in. Anyway. I and mean, he's already he's doing great at the twenty four seven. All right, this has been World Cast here on the PWO <laughs> Podcast yeah, Network. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry for booking the King of the Ring. Sorry, <laughs> Kelly, for taking us on that tangent. That's my fault. <laughs> so anyway, Harley Race, rest in peace to a true legend in the business. Yes, <laughs> one of the all-time greats, no doubt. And we'll be looking at and talking about more Harley in the future. I'm sure. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Titans of Wrestling. See you guys next week. Later. My heartaches and troubles are just up and gone. 
dressing room now at the Orange Bowl in Miami where wrestling history was made this evening as the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Champion Superstar Billy Graham and the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Harley Race put their titles on the line for the first time in the history of pro wrestling and that marked event is now history but it is still unresolved because neither man was able to gain a definitive victory over the other. Before I talk to the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Harley Race let me give you a rundown of some of the other matches that occurred. Pedro Morales successfully defended his Southern Heavyweight Championship against the challenge of Lars Anderson. And uh, the bright side of the evening, no question about it, Mike Graham and Steve Kern defeated the Valiant Brothers, the U.S. Tag Team Champions, and are now the youngest members ever to win the United States Tag Team Championship. And our special congratulations. I hope to talk to them a little bit later on. Also, Dusty Rhodes defeated Ken Patera, making him a number one contender for both the Worldwide Wrestling Federation belt and the NWA Championship. I want to take a moment right now to talk to Harley Race because obviously, Harley, you have to be, well, sitting here now with mixed emotions. First off, Gordon, before I get to mine, I want to put credit where credit's due and congratulate Steve Kearns and Mike Graham because they upset a much, much bigger and rugged team, and they done it quite decisively. And just listening to you talk about the NWA versus the WWF. There wasn't a person that left the Orange Bowl, and you saw countless hundreds of them as I walked back to the dressing room that did not think that I had the upper hand. When the 60-minute bell was ringing, superstar Billy Graham was asleep on the canvas. Did not get up for some two minutes later. You witnessed it. Some 15,000-plus wrestling fans witnessed it. There's no doubt in my mind, sure, I've got mixed emotions, but as far as doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that I can beat superstar Billy Graham. It was proven right here tonight to me, maybe not legitimately to the wrestling fans or to you or anyone else, nor does it really matter to me that it wasn't that way. I know in my own mind, in my own heart, that I can beat Billy Graham, that I am truly world's heavyweight champion, and there's nothing, not a thing on the face of this earth that's going to discredit me. And if he wants to get back in that squared circle, we can darn well do it again. There you have it, and of course there was a rematch clause, so it remains to be seen if these two great gladiators will meet again.